Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. The hang ups we have today. Welcome in to episode 163 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. The Sources Say podcast is presented, as always, by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm doing fantastic, Jack. How are you? Uh, I've been better. Uh, the All the things that we talked about leading up to this uh, Arkansas matchup kind of uh, came to fruition. They played with fire a little bit with the injury bug. Um, they fell back behind again and, and had to mount another comeback. Uh, and this time they got burned at the end. They, they, the Kentucky Wildcats fall in Fayetteville by a final score 75 to 73. Sean, it was a 
Uh, a rough start, clearly. They, uh, Xavier Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington were available, uh, and they did not start, but they played the majority of the minutes in the backcourt and uh, clearly rusty to start with, and it kind of uh, sparked a, an easy start for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Things were really rough uh, shooting for, for Kentucky to start, start with. Uh, they get down by as many as 13 in the first half. Kentucky uh, slowly starts to chip away, get it down to six points at halftime. Uh, and then, like we saw these last couple games, they go on an early run in the in the second half, tie it up, and then ultimately take the lead midway through. And then from there on, it was a uh, essentially a rock fight back and forth. Uh, just kind of a you know whoever had the ball last was gonna was gonna win, and just so happened to be Arkansas. They made the plays down the stretch to win the game, and uh, a crushing loss. It was a uh, the the Wildcats showed a lot of fight. It was a, a very good game, but. Um, they just weren't able to uh, execute down the stretch the way that they needed to, and they come up short. So uh, let's start with some of your early takeaways, Sean. What did you think of the performance? I think rhythm was thrown off uh, with those two guards returning. Now, they needed those two guys today. Like, I, I don't know where Kentucky would have been entering that environment without them, but I just feel like that whenever those two were going to step back into play, it was going to take a bit for the team to kind of get going. And that's why I'm not too concerned about a two-point loss. Oscar Sheboy, to me, solidified himself as National Player of the Year today. There should be no doubt about it. 30 points, 18 rebounds. I know he had some assists. Uh, just an unbelievable performance by him. It just it stinks that it was kind of wasted in a loss. But he, to me, is National Player of the Year. But back to what I was saying about rhythm. And you had a lot of guys that you know didn't play well. Kellen Grady had a one-shot attempt up until the final what minute, and then he hits a three. Uh, you had Jacob Toppin only play, I think, 12 minutes, somewhere around there. Let me look at the official. I think it was just 12 minutes for Toppin, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, 12 minutes for Toppin. 12 you had, minutes. You had him not play well. You had Mintz not hit a shot, played 19 minutes. I think that the rhythm for those three was thrown off. And this is where it gets tricky, right? Like John Calipari said he wasn't going to start Titan Savir, and then he wanted to see if there if there was any limping, anything like that. Well, all the, both those guys ended up playing a ton of minutes. I mean, I don't know if Ty Ty Washington came out, but maybe one time after he went in there at the beginning of the game, uh, he played how many minutes for him? I know it was 30, – 35 second on the team behind only Oscar. Yeah, so I'm just – and that's the, the situation that Cal was in. Do you start them? Do you bring them off the bench? I think starting them would have allowed Kellen and Davion to kind of resume their old roles and, and go into what they were, Davion being the sixth man, Kellen running running the sideline and sprinting out in transition, looking for that three. Jacob Toppin moving back to the bench, coming off and being that high-energy high guy. Instead, the game starts with Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz being the ball-dominant guards. Jacob Toppin having to play some three with, with Keon Brooks there, three and four. The only player that started and ended this game in their initial role was Oscar Sheboy. And I think that that had something to do with some of the chemistry and maybe guys being in a funk, Kellen Grady not finding a shot. They played so many – they got used to being ball-dominant guards against LSU and Alabama. They start the game as that today and then get pushed off the ball. Jacob Toppin back to the bench instead of playing alongside Keon. It was kind of an in-and-out thing. I just think that the rhythm was off, and that's why you saw that start go 15-2. 17-4, whatever it was at the beginning of the game, I think that that kind of threw off the rhythm and it took Kentucky a bit to get going. But that run at the beginning was just too much to overcome in the end. 
even though Kentucky took the lead, that run was the difference in the game. Yeah, and you you know bring up Kellen Grady, and that was kind of one of the biggest uh, difference makers in the game. He didn't take a shot, I believe. So he takes one early in the first half, uh, but then he doesn't take another one until I believe that two forty ish mark in, in the second half, um, whatever it was. But Cal basically ripped him a, a new one in the, in the post game. Said he was lazy. He didn't do. He was basically ball watching. He would let the ball go inside to Oscar Sheway and just stand on the perimeter and wait for the ball to come to him. It never came to him, so he just didn't think he had to do anything. And he said, "In in go figure that last uh, shot that he the one shot that he took and and make." and made uh he i believe he ran baseline to baseline got open and got an easy catch and shoot look and cal said that was the difference that if, if we had gotten kellen grady uh involved earlier and and you know that would have been something completely different but uh he just he didn't it was uh, 17 minutes and 39 seconds it took in the second half for for kellen grady to get a shot off that's just not acceptable that's not uh winning basketball you can't have a guy that has uh, been basically carrying the bulk of of the you know of the weight this entire SEC slate, uh, especially from a shooting perspective. You can't go from that to having him take three shots in a game, and then have him and Davion Mintz, your two oldest guys on the team, go one for five combined uh, in a total of what uh, of forty nine minutes combined. So I mean that's just. Uh, inexcusable. You can't have that little production from them. I thought, uh, you know, it was clear that there was rust with Ty Ty Washington and Savory Wheeler. Clearly with uh, Ty Ty, especially, he goes three for 12. Um, ramps up a little bit late, but you could tell he just wasn't himself. I thought he defended fairly well. Actually, uh, Savory Wheeler had some of his very, very difficult turnovers, took some bad shots, but he started ramping up in the second half too. So that's kind of where that comeback started was the the main point guard starting to find their groove. But, Sean, uh, it was clear that this team needed Kellen Gray tonight, and he just did not show up when they needed him. Yeah, and I want to watch the game again and see, you know, John Calipari talking about that he wasn't working to get himself open. And that's where I was coming from, that I just think that we know how long it took for roles to be defined when the year started, right? Like that Notre Dame game – our biggest takeaway was what? I kept saying these guys don't really know how to play together yet. Even though that they've played plenty of games together now to this point in the season, when you get in this rhythm the last two games where those two guys and, and Mintz and Grady were playing a ton of minutes with the ball in their hands, uh, nobody had to worry about being pulled out of the game. Like Jacob Toppin, if he made a mistake, he, he was playing. He was playing through mistakes. When you get those two guards back in there and you're back to full strength, it kind of changes everything. And I think that that kind of threw it off. And that's why I think it was important – even though you lost today, to get those guys back in rhythm and get them back on the floor, because I said it, I think it was on yesterday's episode, you don't want to get to Tampa and try to kind of work through chemistry and and get though and get back in rhythm because you don't know how many games you're going to have in Tampa. You could lose the first day the way the league is. You could lose the second day. You needed this tonight. You get senior night at home on Tuesday, and then you get to a road trip to Florida. You get some games now if everybody stays healthy Hopefully you don't have anybody out for a game or two again because it's going to be hard to reestablish that rhythm. You want to be healthy from here on out. Get back and kind of identify those roles again and, and get back to being who you were when Kentucky was playing its best basketball two or three weeks ago. Yeah, I think now that you got them in, you let them play a ton of minutes. I think now that the SEC standings are what they are, and we're going to end the show with that because that's kind of a, a big, big uh, – a lot of movement happened tonight during the game, after the game, so we'll, we'll definitely need to talk about that. Um, but 
you know, having those two come in now uh, that playing as much as they did, you need them to not play 35, 40 minutes a game against the uh, Ole Miss and, and at Florida. You just don't. You need to be able to make sure they get their rhythm, make sure they, you know, find their footing back in the lineup, make sure that chemistry gets back to what it was. Uh, but but I got to admit, Sean, every time you saw Ty Ty Washington come up grimacing or uh, Savvy Wheeler goes down and holds his wrist, I got to admit, I was like, man, this feels so stupid. Like, why are we even doing this? If they're not going to be full strength, why even risk putting them in? Because that's kind of goes exactly against what Cal said earlier. I know in the post game or the pregame uh, radio show, he said, yeah, if they limp or show any sign of of pain, I'm pulling them out. Well, how'd that work out? He kept them in through that pain. Uh, so it's just really frustrating knowing uh, it's like what we said before. It was a win-win situation these last two games because you were able to get them closer to full strength and you were winning the games. But in this case, you let them play. They come back. They struggle. They they have clearly a ton of rust. And then you lose the game anyway. So it's kind of a if you're going to lose the game, why even risk it? But there is the other side of it that you got to get them going back in. You got to uh, reincorporate them in the offense. And at the end of the day, chemistry is the thing that matters just as much uh, as the in, as the you know f- being a f- at full strength full health. So it, it's just kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I understand that it's frustrating, but uh, it was very uh, not fun to see seeing Savir and Tai Tai both come up either limping or grimacing based on, on you know, kind of re-aggravating those injuries and come out with a loss. It was just one of those, man, it, if, if I could do it all over again, you almost knowing if you were going to lose this game anyway, feel like you, you could have waited one more game and then reincorporate them against Ole Miss, a, a clearly easier uh, opponent, and just kind of ease them in, let them play 15, 20 minutes, and then get back in the groove of thing. It just felt like a complete flip of the script. Uh, like what you said, talking about roles being reversed, uh, Ty Ty or Kellen and, and Davion were what they were for the last two games. And you completely go back to square one uh, a game later, just felt like it really threw everything out of whack and uh, didn't really amount to much at the end of the day. No. And I think it's going to be okay. Uh, I think those guys, uh, Savir and Ty Ty, they, they played better as the game went along. I mean, Savir, hit some big shots there in the second half and, and down the stretch. Tata, I thought, defended well uh, for a few possessions there. And, and then he, he got loose in transition. Tried, he was going to throw down a dunk. And then you watch and see how he landed. He landed and seemed like he was okay. Uh, I'm okay with it as long as his, they, they came out of this one, it seems like relatively healthy, get back to full strength this week and and regroup. And, and then seeding-wise, I've had a lot of people in DMs and replies asking me what it means. Well, right now, Kentucky would be fourth in Tampa – if they mm-hmm. went out, they're going to be third because I would expect Arkansas. Uh, I think, obviously, Arkansas, Tennessee, one of them will lose next week. That would bump Kentucky up as long as Kentucky wins out. They'd be the three seed in Tampa. I mean, there's still a shot at the two, but a lot has to happen. Overall, though, the NCAA tournament, I still think Kentucky's on the two line. And Joe Lenardi said this yesterday. It was It's Kentucky, uh, Auburn, Kansas, Baylor, and Purdue, I think, were the five teams fighting for – those final number one seeds. Well, Purdue lost today, Auburn lost today, Kentucky lost today, and one of Kansas or Baylor are going to lose tonight. So four of those five teams are going to lose. There's not going to be a ton of shakeup when it comes to seeding. Yeah. Like you're still in a good position and where you are in the NCAA tournament. I don't think a one seed is completely out of the picture yet. But I think a two seed, they're still safe right there. Yeah, I, I think I I went back and looked at the updated seedings and, and how things unfold. 
a two seed is still technically on the table, Sean. Technically, a one seed is on the table, but that would take some a, a lot of wackiness. Oh, but I was talking a, NCAA tournament. Well, th- well, that too, and, and I'll, I'll get there in just a second. But a two seed in the in Tampa is on the table. If Arkansas beats Tennessee and loses to LSU, uh, UK is back at the number two. Or if Tennessee loses versus Georgia, you know, it would be a serious upset, but. You know, it's it's SEC play. It's late in the season. They're just coming off a big win at uh, win against Auburn. You know, it could be a, a trap game. You never know. Uh, and then they beat the Razorbacks. That would also put them up at number two. And Sean, if you want to get really wacky, Kentucky could technically jump up to number one if Auburn loses to both Mississippi State and South Carolina. And then the what the scenarios we talked about before: Arkansas and Tennessee winning and losing one game apiece. That would clearly put them back. Uh, up in that number one seed rank in in Tampa, and that would obviously be great. But again, as you talked about, all that matters right now is is the NCAA tournament where things stand. It is great news that Purdue lost. It's great news that Auburn lost. Uh, they are still firmly right there in the thick of things uh, in the in, in with for the one seed line. At at worst, they're the number two, and I believe Joe Lenardi just put out his updated rankings, and uh, they only dropped one seed line, dropped uh, UK to number six overall. Uh, so that second two seed, so still right there in the thick of things. It's going to be a busy night with one of Kansas or or Baylor losing, and that could shake things up as well. But Sean, uh, definitely not uh, pessimistic leaving this game. It was just a lot of. Of frustration down the stretch. I think that that last minute to 30 second range uh, where Keon has the offensive turnover, uh, the offensive foul, uh, he kind of throws throws his arm and, and, and gets called for the charge that uh, a push off on Cal's go to get the biggest guy on the floor to throw his arm up and, and toss the ball inbounds. Uh, he gets called for an offensive foul in there, turns the ball over. Uh, Jalen Williams hits two free throws. They go up three and then the next possession down Keon Brooks hits the uh, misses the three from the right wing so I want to ask you uh, before we start to wrap up what did you think of that last stretch if you were in coach Cal's shoes how would you have drawn that up do you think it was drawn up that way for Keon to get that last shot Uh, just how do you think that all unfolded and kind of what ultimately led to the loss yeah I doubt that that was what they wanted in that situation right I mean (laughs) Uh, John Calipari has gone on the record multiple times saying that, that Keon Brooks has kind of bought into being that mid-range guy and, and that role. And and I don't I don't think that that's where they were going to to get a three there uh, late in the game. Uh, obviously, uh, Cal did use his timeouts late in the game. He was trying to draw stuff up. I think that's probably the frustrating thing about it. Now, out of the one timeout, they got Grady the three that gave them the lead, and then they go the other way, and Arkansas obviously scores. But – uh, with Keon, Keon did struggle today. I thought Keon did settle in and do some good things, but then there are some plays there where uh, the, off- the the offensive foul there late in the game that essentially probably was the nail in the coffin, right? That that put the mm-hmm. that put the outcome kind of in Arkansas's hands at that point. But there was a play too where he got an offensive rebound there in the second half. Kentucky's up one with about eight minutes to go, and I thought he got fouled. And it's, the ball gets stripped, and then Arkansas hits a three and goes up two. I thought that was one of the biggest plays of the game because Kentucky went on to score and take the lead again. And Kentucky could have been up three or four points out of that scenario and situation. Instead, Arkansas went up two, and then Kentucky went and tied the game. I, I thought that was a big swing for Keon. And if you go back and look at the replay, they never showed a close-up. But when you watch it like on YouTube or the highlights, 
the Arkansas player clearly gets a hold of Keon's left arm, and it led to that turnover. He's got to be strong with the ball there. I know you're not getting that call, but he, he had a really good rebound and then just couldn't hang on to it, and then the turnover led to an Arkansas three. I thought that was a huge play at that point in the game. Yeah, and, and it, it sucks because, look, Keon has done a lot of good things. He did a lot of really good things in this game, too. I mean, he finished with 14 points, 7 of 13 shooting, five rebounds, two steals, one assist. He had a really, really solid game, a lot of transition buckets, a lot of momentum-changing buckets that really shut up that Bud Walton Arena crowd. And, and I, I do want to give him a ton of credit for that because, no, they would not have been in the game uh, there at the end. They wouldn't have even in, been in position to win the game late if it weren't for Keon in that key stretch in the second half. So I absolutely want to give him credit where it's due. Uh, but, Sean, again, it's a late game situation. We just saw it a game ago uh, as LSU was mounting its comeback, the late game turnovers and the frustrating. Uh, it just feels like he's way too old and way too uh, advanced as a basketball player to be doing, you know, kind of boneheaded things down like that down the stretch. And it was just one of those things that, uh, it's like, man, you you want to it, you want to you wanted this to be a Keon game because if if he makes that three to to, to essentially win the game or, or tie it, then everybody's celebrating Keon about how how he was the savior in the second half and how everything went his way and it was an amazing game for him. But it's just those little tiny nitpicky things that really cost the the game. So it's it's a frustrating thing as a fan and as you know covering it as media because it's like, man, you you wanted this to be the Keon game. You wanted to be able to celebrate him the way. Uh, everybody did after that Kansas game, but it was just those, those that two-play stretch really kind of killed the game for Kentucky. That offensive that offensive uh, foul and then the the missed uh, right wing three. Uh, both of those together ended up. It was nail in the coffin. Game ended after that point. So it, it just really sucks because it's a kid that that. I, I do think really tries hard and uh, I think he is really skilled and he does bring a lot to the table. Uh, and I think coming off a couple of poor performances, I think he was, you know, I, he was my pregame MVP pick in our pregame show. That's I, I said, we need him to step up uh, for Kentucky to win this game. And I think he did for the most part. It just, he, he wasn't able to put together a full 40 minutes and uh, that's just where things were uh, super frustrating. Yeah. And this is the last note for me here and, and we'll wrap up. My concern, and it's my only question mark that I have remaining about Kentucky outside of health. If they stay healthy, I think they're good enough to get to a Final Four, win a national championship. But there's one more thing that I need to see, Jack. And I don't think we're going to see it until the SEC tournament. When you look, they've beaten Kansas by 18. They drilled Tennessee at Rupp Arena. They, they beat Alabama on the road by double digits in a rock fight. But the one thing that's missing is – how do they close out NCAA good NCAA tournament teams? They don't have one yet where they it's been a tight game. Like today, we we talk that Arkansas is a second weekend team, a team that I think is generating some buzz to get to an elite eight and maybe break through and get to, get to a final four, depending on their draw. Kentucky wasn't able to close that game out. Uh, you know, late at Auburn, they weren't at full strength. They've obviously not had opportunities because they've been down a man or two in games, but I think that's the one thing that's still missing. How do they execute against good teams late? Notre Dame, an NCAA tournament team. We know the execution late in that game wasn't there. I think that's the one thing that's still missing that I want to see, and I want to see it in Tampa against an Auburn, against a Tennessee, a close game against a good team. They have at full strength. Who do they play through? What's the chemistry look like? And, and do they put these teams away and secure a win against a good NCAA tournament team? 
Alabama is a team that we, we talk about possibly going on a run, but we, I think we all think that Alabama could probably lose first game of the NCAA tournament. Some of these other teams that they've beaten, Texas A&M in a close game on the road that they had to grind out, that was that's not an NCAA tournament team. Kansas was a blowout. Yeah, they've beaten those teams 18 to 20, 25 points. I want to see what they look like against those against a team like that in a close game, and can they finish it off? Yeah, I mean, this was a, uh, you know, just one of those days. You have J.D. Note doing what he did for Arkansas. You had, you know, Oscar doing what he did, but really not getting a whole lot from anybody else. It's just one of those, you know, you you really wish they were able to close it out. But, Sean, I completely agree. I, I think that we need to see uh, a late game, a perfectly executed game against an NCAA tournament team. And I think Tampa is the best way to do it. You're not going to get it against Ole Miss. You're not going to get it against Florida. I think these last two games are just win and survive, get out of there. Let's focus on Tampa uh, and let's really put together a, a, a strong stretch of basketball where they learn how to win these type of games. Because I mean, think uh, even just a couple of years ago, think, um, you know, Tyler Hero versus, you know, Wofford, Tyler Hero versus Houston, the, those late uh, game situations, uh, uh, teams that they clearly should have beaten anyway, but they were, but Kentucky was put in those late game situations where they had to execute and they did. They hit, they hit tough shots down the stretch and they ended up winning games. Uh, and I think that's the, yeah, I, I agree. This is what and, this team needs. And I think the only place you're going to do it uh, is Tampa. And, and against the teams that you're better than, like I think that they're better than Alabama. They showed it twice. But I'm, I'm talking like the Arkansas, the Tennessees, the Auburns, these teams that generate buzz for being a second weekend, final weekend NCAA tournament team. They're going to have to do it against someone of that caliber in the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to have to do it in a game where they're down four with seven minutes to play and they have to figure out a way to win against a good opponent. That's what I think Tampa is going to teach this team and present them opportunities to do. And that's why I think that just being at full strength, get to Tampa, you get those opportunities. I want to see close games in that SEC tournament. I don't want Kentucky doesn't need to go in there and beat anybody by 15 to 20. They need to go in there and grind out games late against good teams, different scenarios, situations coming from behind, holding on to a lead against pressure. The SEC tournament, I know Cal is not a huge fan of having to win it and all this stuff. This is the year where I think it can prepare this team and help them a ton, especially with those late game situations against quality opponents. Yeah, it's uh, now it's kind of just a wait and see game. Wait and see game the rest of the regular season. Just go in, take care of business uh, against Ole Miss and in, in Florida. You you don't need to do anything special. Just grind out wins. Do what you got to do. Get get Savir and Ty Ty healthy again, and really get back to. Uh, you know, square one in Tampa. That's where this this matters. You got to grind out wins. You know, e- even if it's one or even you know even two, it doesn't have to be every single game because you know that can also wear and tear on a team as well. Uh, you'd like to comfortably win that Friday matchup, and then if Saturday and Sunday are kind of rock fights, then so be it. I think that's definitely something that'll help them uh, down the stretch. But uh, Sean, it's a it, uh, life would have been a whole lot easier if if they had gone down and won this game and they had every chance in the world. It's just. Very frustrating to know that they had it right at the tip of their fingers, but were unable to to execute down the stretch. And uh, unfortunately, now you gotta you gotta wait for luck. You gotta see what happens uh, with that Arkansas Tennessee game to close out the regular season. You gotta see what Auburn does down the stretch. If they crumble, then maybe things get interesting as well. But uh, you you leave it up to chance now. Now. Uh, you you can stay at, at third in the SEC and be that nine nine o'clock nine thirty game on Friday night, and that's really a, a tough situation to be in uh, in the in the SEC tournament. So uh, 
They, they kind of uh, they, they were able to uh, control their own destiny if they won this game, but they weren't able to do that. So now uh, they have to wait for luck to kind of dictate things for them. Why am I just now seeing that an Arkansas fan mooned Oscar Sheboy at the free throw line? <laughs> Did he make it? I don't know. <laughs> it's on your all's website. So, <laughs> well, uh, thank you, sportsradio.com, yeah. if you want to see the full moon. <laughs> oh, it feels like a full moon with how things ended uh, in Fayette, Fayetteville. Just uh, very, very uh, you almost uh, said proud Fayette of their. <laughs> Yeah, Fayette, Fayette Mall, uh, proud of their fight. They did a heck of a job gr- grinding back down from 13, but wish they were able to execute down the stretch. And uh, now we'll have to see. You have uh, uh, Ole Miss coming to town for senior night uh, this week, and, and that's going to be a fun game, a great way to celebrate Kellen Grady and Davion Mintz for what they've done to this program. Really appreciative of, of everything they've done. And then another road trip to Gainesville to wrap up the regular season, Sean, and uh, – then from there, it's it's Tampa. All all uh, uh, all of our cars are going to be driving south for uh, what hopes to be another exciting run in the SEC tournament. And then uh, Selection Sunday, uh, two weeks from from tomorrow. So goodness gracious, we are right there, uh, ready to close out the season, Sean. Yeah, let's get to Tuesday, get another game under our belt, and let's uh, let's have something different to talk about. I know the next couple of days will stink because it was a close loss, but. Kentucky's fine. All their goals are in front of them. Nothing changes. Uh, yeah, it messes with the SEC standings right now. But right now, I, I think, honestly, one through four, it doesn't matter where those teams are seated. I think any of those four can win that league tournament here in a week and a half. Yeah, it'll be a, a fun time, and we're definitely looking forward to it. With that, let's get out of here with one final message from our friends at Price Picks. The NBA season is well underway and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite wild former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code Pilgrim to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com using promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. You can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads 
money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.